today on the Button Up Podcast, we have Travis White joining us. Very excited to chat. Travis, you are the man who captivated a thousand men at Menfluential, as Michael Scott would say. Uh, Travis was like one of the only, there was two talks at Menfluential that everybody shut up and listened, and Travis was one of those two. So we're honored to have you on the podcast. Thanks. Glad to be here. And we had you on actually almost two years ago. You were one of our first guests and so if people want to hear like the full travis story that episode is out there you can find that early in the archives but um you know for anybody who is not familiar with you why don't you tell a little about your story and how you became uh an instagram influencer yeah um i i hate the word influencer it just (laughs) it's just like you know yeah but all you know like i even started um the website that I started was called Instagram for influencers and just because it had a lot of SEO juice, everyone's looking for the word influencer, but I had to like make it very clear kind of on my website, like the stance that I take or like surrounding that word, just because it's one of those things where like, if you are like self-appointing that title to yourself, like chances are you're not an influencer. Like most, you know, it's, it's, I'd rather be like somebody who is an artist with like, who has influence or somebody who has done something to earn influence from an audience rather than just saying, I'm an influencer. I don't know. It just, it kind of rubbed me the wrong, wrong way when everybody started calling themselves one. But you know, at the end of the day, you get lumped into it. You can't really do anything about it. Um, So I just kind of fight for the good side of influencer rather, rather than, you know, get caught up in like battling the word. Um, but yeah, uh, my story, uh, I guess really fast in like a, like a nutshell is, um, I, from 2011 till about 2015, I was a, I was a men's fashion model. I was signed to an agency in Houston. They sent me to New York, to New York city. Um, I got a, I got a contract offer from this agency called click model management who, I don't know if they're still around anymore. I'm pretty far removed from the industry now. Um, but I ended up turning it down because I spent probably two weeks in New York City just kind of learning the ins and outs of the of the modeling industry, and I wasn't really for me. Um, There's just parts of it that didn't sit well, and so I decided I, I don't need an agent to really get my message out there, and um, I don't need an agent to build an audience around fashion is really what it came down to, and I came back home and I canceled my contract and I just started creating uh, fat men's fashion content myself. And um, that's really kind of the birthplace of how I started on Instagram. And then that led to a bunch of other opportunities, uh, one of which was working for Antonio Centeno at Real Men Real Style. I worked for him for three years. I managed all of his content. I managed his calendar. I helped him write copy for email. I helped him, um, you know, create thumbnails and come up with headlines and all that stuff that I, I really just came from a modeling industry, not knowing anything about digital marketing. And now I learned from kind of like one of the masters of digital marketing, um, real men, real style. And that sort of led me to launch my website on cap gentlemen. And ultimately now, um, my YouTube channel and kind of the content I'm creating around how to grow on Instagram, how to create content that people want to share and how to uh, optimize, you know, the Instagram algorithm and, and use it to your advantage. 
I, the part of your story though that I really liked, and I actually didn't even know until you gave the talk about influential, was when you used to work for it was like a contract. Um, oh yeah, do contracts at BP, right? And then your your suit thing. I I think that's yeah. especially for our audience. That's the, that's like the biggest like. Oh, you went from this into being who you are today. Yeah. So while I kind of during that time that I was doing this whole modeling thing, um, my full time job, I was a lease analyst at BP. So I would get, uh, I worked in um, onshore kind of uh, land up, upstream. So basically, we have to get a lease in order to drill, and you know, you pay all royalties to the to the mineral rights owners and everything. I'm not going to bore you with the details, but I would get those leases sent to my desk every day, and I had to just you know crunch numbers basically and input that stuff into our online softwares. So I was miserable. And, um, yeah, so I stumbled across a quote one day cause I was kind of going on this whole self-development binge at the time I was trying to figure my life out cause I hated my job and I hated just sort of the direction I was going. And I was like, man, I got to figure out what my purpose is, what I want to do with my life. And during that time I, I stumbled across that, um, the quote, which was what I mentioned at Menfluential was, um, dress for the job you want, not the job you have. And I think it was just the timing of the quote. I'm sure 90% of the people who are listening have heard that quote before. And um, so the timing of it just kind of hit me, and it really caused me to take action. And the next day I went into work, and I was wearing a suit, and um, or at least like a blazer and a tie, I think. And um, I walked into the office, and all my coworkers started complimenting me and saying, oh, you look great today. And I was like, thank you. I appreciate that. And my boss comes up to me and was like, hey, Travis, why are you dressed up today? And I was just like, oh, you know, I'm just working on presenting myself better. And he said, okay, so you're not interviewing for other jobs on your lunch break or anything, are you? I was like, oh, no, not at all. I'm just, you know, working on presenting myself in the best way possible. And he's like, okay, cool. So a couple hours pass, and I am leaving, and my, and my boss ends up calling me on the way out. And he's like, hey, uh, Travis, before you go, I just wanted to let you know, we looked at the average salary for people with your job title in your industry, and you're actually about 3% under the market rate. So we went ahead and gave you a 3% raise. And I was just like, my mind just like exploded at that time. And I was like, that is the power of how you present yourself. Like literally, I go into work wearing a suit, and I get a 3% raise. Like that's all it took. And I guess you could argue like, well, if you went in as wearing a suit every single day, you know, like it would be different. But I think that contrast of just me not trying and just kind of going through the motions and just being a robot at work to all of a sudden now I'm presenting myself in a way that shows I'm putting in effort or they're afraid that I'm going to leave and go to another job. Um, even if that wasn't my intention, that's what was perceived. And that was the message that was coming off. And all of a sudden I get a raise. And so now that kind of also stemmed in me like, man, more more guys need to know about men's fashion. And that was sort of at the same time was when I was like kind of not enjoying um, modeling. And all of that combined just sort of created this, I want to get this message out, but I have no idea how. Let me just start shooting outfits and like start an Instagram account. And I had no idea what the heck a hashtag was like i didn't know what type of content to be creating but i just launched one and i was like we'll see what happens 
What didn't you like about the modeling industry? Because on paper, you know, moving to New York and becoming a fashion model sounds really nice. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's not as glamorous as it sounds. Um, you know, it's quite uh, political, kind of like you scratch our, our back, we'll scratch yours. Um, and I'm not, I won't like call out any agencies or any names, but I remember going into one meeting with an agency and the head of the agency, it was like a really long table, almost like something you'd see in like, uh, you know, like a mansion, like where there's a head of the table on one side, a head of the table on the other side. It's just, so this guy sitting. You can say a James Bond Yeah, James, like yeah. James Bond villain. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, great, great analogy. And, <clears throat> excuse me. So this guy sitting at the head of the table and um, he has like this messenger lady like passing his message to me and I'm like at the front I'm on the other side of the table like I can't talk directly to him or something like I, I'm not worthy enough or something like that so like I had my iPad on with um with like all of my portfolio and I would like give my iPad to her and then she would walk it over to him and then he would like whisper something in her ear and then she would walk back to me and probably say something totally different than what he said and she was just like oh thank you for coming in we'll be in touch and i was like you know i'm right here right like i can you can say whatever you have to say like you could just say it to me it's not a like i don't understand why we can't all just be human here but yeah it was just stuff like that that kind of rubbed me the wrong way um and also you know i'm sure you hear like i mean with the whole like harvey weinstein thing you hear horror stories of you know like women who have to do sexual things to get roles in movies and like people forget that there that is happening with men too like especially in the male modeling industry like having like with all these photographers and i'm gonna get in trouble on this podcast like you know talking about this stuff but in any anyways like people do have that like oh like well you want you want this campaign or you want this you want to be the face of this brand or you want to you want to you know, shoot with this renowned photographer, like, what are you going to do for me? Like, what, like, what are the favors here? So like, when, you know, when you get on the inside, and it's, you see, it's really not glamorous, and it's quite um, quid pro quo, I just kind of was like, you know what, this is not worth it to me, I would rather uh, <clears throat> do this on my own and not, you know, like a, a, a campaign for Versace and on Times Square is not <laughs> that's not worth it to me. Like, it's not, you know, not saying I would have ever made it that far, but, you know, that's the goal for most people in the modeling industry is to get big campaigns and to go to castings and, you know, land, land, uh, land gigs. And it just wasn't worth it to me. So I said, I just came back and I turned down my contracts and started to go out on my own. Nice. Yeah. It's kind of interesting too, because now, you know, you've, you've built pretty massive following on Instagram, which is, I'm sure very important in the modeling industry, regardless if you're doing professional work, you also have like your own personal brand. And I'm sure when you're trying to get gigs, that's, that's an important, like, like from the public perspective, like there's no really, we don't really know who's a model and who's just an Instagram person. And you know, it's, it's kind of all blurred together. So it seems like you've been able to build a big audience without having an agency behind you or, or being officially like a professional model. Well, it's funny because one of the, I have, I have friends who ask me all the time, like, I want to become a model. How do I get into the modeling industry? And the number one question that these agents ask these kind of new faces coming in are how many followers do you have on social media? Right. Like, that's like yeah. the, that's like what these agencies want to know now. And it's like, you can't get signed unless you 
have a have a big personal brand on on social media now. So it's almost like flipped. It's like it's not really about your um, you know the look you have or the mis- mysterious kind of aura that you bring to the table that you know casting agents might want, but it's just about how much influence you have, how many followers you have, what's your social media. And so it's just funny to me that like you know that was when I when it's kind of ironic that that when I was going for modeling they were just saying like oh your pictures suck or you're not what we're looking for you don't have the right look and then now it's flipped to where it's like oh how many followers do you have on social media it's just such a, a surface level thing now that I'm just kind of glad I got out of the industry because I don't have anyone dictating like what I can and can't post what sponsors I can and can't work with nobody's taking a cut of anything. Um, I have complete creative control over the message that I put out, over the content that I create. And it's just so much easier that way because nobody has their hand in my honeypot, so to speak, of trying to control what I can say to my audience. I can say whatever the hell I want and nobody can do anything about it. Yeah. Freedom. It's priceless. <laughs> yeah. I, the last time we talked to you, I mean, we've, you know, we've known each other, the three of us know each other for a, a while now, but last time we had you on the podcast, you were... You were the content manager for Real Men Real Style, and I think you were actually getting into like cryptocurrency a little bit at the time. Yeah, and uh, sold all of it and paid yeah, for my and wedding. That's, <laughs> that's that's a good investment. Yeah, um, and and so you know now and now you have um, now you're kind of in the you've made your name for yourself as a photographer. Uh, you're still in men's fashion, and you're also teaching other people how to build their own personal brands um, with their YouTube channel and your. Uh, free course. So like, how did that transition happen? So I think um, it's funny because uh, I actually didn't quit Real Men Real Style. Uh, Antonio kind of kicked me out of the nest. He was like, go fly my young Padawan, like do your thing. (laughs) And like, I was honestly, I wasn't really ready. I was like, oh God, like I got so comfortable working for you, Antonio. Now you're like making me go and you're forcing me to do my own thing, which is probably like the best thing he could have done for me because I was getting a little comfortable. so that sort of put me in like, I got to create something ASAP. And it just made me kind of self-reflect on like what I was good at, what I had skills in, what I could teach other people. And the one thing that kept coming back to me was like, you know, like I, I got this whole like Instagram growth thing, you know, maybe not like 100% figured out because it's always changing and I'm always trying to keep up with it. But I can definitely teach people everything I know about how I built my personal brand on Instagram. And uh, that was the first sort of, I guess, niche that I gravitated towards to help people in. Um, And it turns out that a lot of people wanted to know about it. uh, And so I started creating content around it. And and that's how I sort of launched my YouTube channel. And I put out the free, free Instagram masterclass course that I have now. And how is the uh, course doing since you launched it? So it's still kind of like, it's funny. I'm What I'm figuring out is um, I think targeting people who are aspiring to be an influencer isn't really the exact target audience of somebody who would buy the course. Uh, it's more for it's more for businesses and it's more for people who, um, you know, they want, they want to use Instagram as a way to market their business or they want to use it to market. Maybe they're an entrepreneur and they want to have more professional looking personal brand. Uh, so that's sort of the market I'm finding is um, who's wanting these services. So what I've actually started doing is launching a almost a done for you service um, because the pe- people who want to grow on Instagram 
it's almost like, yeah, I just don't have time to put all like to shoot this content and to edit this pic these pictures and to write all these captions and to pick these hashtags and to physically like post every day. It's like I would rather just hire someone to do it for me. So I was like, okay, well, instead of making a course, like I'll just do a done for you service where I actually will run people's accounts for them, help them grow their brands, help them uh, grow their businesses using everything that I've learned. And I just have, and if the people who that, uh, that want to do it all on their own, like I just have my free course, they can go download it and they can get all that information they want from my YouTube channel or from my email list. Like I give all that information out for free. Um, and so I'm just sort I'm now targeting businesses and just trying to help them grow their pages. Nice. And, and are the, are the businesses in the, like the fashion, uh, industry or, or is it any business? Um, the ones that I've worked with so far have been in the fashion industry just because those are my, it's in my immediate network. It's who I reach out to, but really the strategies can apply to anybody. Um, so it, it can apply to. Uh, for example, like one of my clients, um, she is a strictly like Amazon, like deal hunter. Like she finds quality stuff on Amazon and she'll help you like avoid scams and avoid, uh, different things. So it's like, um, and I, and I just like just started working with her. So we're putting together a content strategy on how, how to create, uh, content for her page. Nice. Yeah, that's that's something that I I think I would find really valuable, especially um, with my work with Peter Manning, because it's hard to find. I think there's a lot of small companies that see the value in social media, especially Instagram, when you're selling products because it's inherently visual. People do buy from Instagram, especially with stories of swipe up now, but it does take a lot of time to do it the right way. And I, I feel like that's something that there are companies that are that would love to just kind of outsource the whole thing you know yeah yeah exactly so that's sort of where i'm coming in almost like a b2b service now it, it's kind of transformed from a like a b2c course uh business to consumer course for people to buy it's like oh well, i'll just give it away for free to the consumers if they want to grow their brand like here's here's everything here's all my strategies you can have it um and now i'm sort of sort of shifted to a b2b working with businesses directly and helping them um, grow their brands and grow their pages on Instagram. And, and it's funny because they know in the back of their mind, like, yeah, like, ah, oh, I know Instagram has got a billion active users. There's so many people on it. It's so hot right now. I need to get my brand. I need to get this strategy going, but they're focusing on, you know, how to generate revenue from other sources. They're focusing on their, you know, 80, 20, what, what's, what's generating 80% of their income. They're focusing on that 20%. And Instagram is just this thing, this like treasure that they haven't even started to dig into yet. Um, and I'm coming in and saying, well, I'll help you dig into it and you can just outsource it all to me and I'll help you do it. Nice. Sounds like you're doing a nice jab, 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 right hook. Trying to. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. I, um, I actually met Gary V. It was like one of the best experiences in my life. I know that I'm, I'm really, good <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was one of the craziest experiences of my life. Um, because so a long time ago, he, um, <clears throat> maybe like six months ago, his team, you know, he has a, uh, relationships team. He just has a team just built around relationships. Uh, so he sent out emails to a bunch of people on social media and was like, Hey, would you like to be informed? 
if Gary Vee ever comes into your city or if Gary Vee ever is holding events, this and this. And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. So I gave him my email and my contact info and everything. <clears throat> and uh, so like six months later, I get an email from the same relationships manager who works for Gary Vee. And she says, uh, hey, are you going to be in New York City on this date? Uh, we would love to invite you to VaynerMedia to uh, Gary Vee's launching his Empathy Wines has wine service. It's like a direct to consumer. You can just get wine sent, delivered straight to your door. We would love for you to come out, take a picture with Gary and maybe, you know, post it on social media and just get the word out. And I was just happened to be in New York on that date. Like it was, you know, just the universe coming together. And, um, my wife had a soul cycle audition in New York city on that same exact, uh, date that they were asking me to come. So I was like, heck yeah, I'll be there having no idea what was going to happen. I, in my mind, it's like I walk in, there's a long line of, you know, social media influencers and they're all like, smile, picture. Okay, next. Smile, picture. Okay, next. And Gary's just doing this whole like thing. Um, so I end up getting there and I brought a uh, kind of a photographer with me just in case, just because I had no idea what to expect. So I was like, better to be safe than sorry. I'm going to over prepare for this. And I had my friend with me in New York who's a photographer. And I get there, and there's only three people there that are waiting to see him. So it's me, this other guy who has this like videographer and whole setup with him, and then there's this girl who's by herself. And I'm like, okay, this is interesting. And so the the lady walks out to greet us at, at the front of VaynerX or at VaynerMedia, and it says, Gary's running about like 20 minutes late. We're so sorry. Um, just, you know, we'll give you a tour of VaynerMedia. And then they took us around VaynerMedia, one of the coolest places ever. It's like super open concept. There's like foosball tables everywhere. Um, uh, people are just just so friendly. And finally, Gary, I don't know if you ever watched his Ask Gary V Q&A shows, but I, I see him in that room that he does all his Ask Gary V stuff from. And uh, finally, the lady comes out and was like, okay, Gary's ready for you guys. And again, there's only three of us. So I'm like, are we going to get like, like two minutes to talk to him? Or are we going to be in and out in 10 seconds? Like, I still have no idea what's going to happen. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go last because I want to see what, what the other people, what, how much time he gives them. And if Gary's going to give anybody extra time, it's going to be the last person because he's not going to uh, try to move through the line to get, to get through everyone there's no one left in line so I can get some extra time hopefully so the first guy goes in with his videographer and he's in there for like two minutes and I'm like oh snap like we're gonna get to ask him a question we're gonna get to talk to him like this is gonna be awesome and then he so he then he comes out um, and then the girl goes in after him and then she comes out 10 seconds later and I'm like wait a second what's going on like she didn't get any time to talk to him um so I walk in and he's like, hey, uh, how, how's it going? I'm Gary. Nice to meet you. And I shook his hand um, and he said, so you want to do this? You want to take a picture? I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. So we, uh, you know, he held up the wine. We both were holding up the wine bottles. We're smiling and my photographer was taking pictures. His photographer was taking pictures. He's got like a team of videographers rotating in and out, just documenting his whole life. <laughs> and, and then after we put the wines down, he's like, so you got a question for me? And I was like, hell yeah, let's do this. So I'm like, I have I have her recording and uh, I had a question ready. And I was like, so in your opinion, you know, 
if you want to launch like a consulting service or a course, is it better to do high touch one-on-one or would you rather just put like videos out for the masses to purchase? That was kind of my question that I had prepared. Um, and I knew that he was going to go on a rant because I've heard him talk about it before, but I wanted to hear it again, what he had to say. And, um, and he ended up saying, you know, like, you know, you got to know yourself, man. You just like, if you're, if you like having high touch, if you like talking to, you know, Becky in Seattle via FaceTime, like awesome, like talk to her. Um, and you know what I say, it's like, if, if people want information, they can get it for free, uh, anywhere. So, you know, like I like high touch and that was, that's what I like to do. That's obviously I'm talking to you right now, one-on-one, like that's the way that I think that you should go is doing like really giving people the time. And, um, so we had like a, probably like I was in there for two minutes chatting with him and we gave high fives and, and then that was it. And, um, after I walked out, his PR lady said, um, you know, Gary's schedule is literally booked to the minute. It's like 4.50 to 4.55 meeting, like 4.55 to 5 PM, like meeting. So the fact that I got like two minutes of a, a guy's time who's booked literally minute to minute to minute to minute his entire day, like I was just so humbled and appreciative of, of him. And it's like, he's the, the guy that you see on social media is the same guy you see in person. It's not, it's nothing different. So I was like, man, that was such a cool experience. That's awesome. And was his answer kind of what you were leaning toward? Or, or do you think if he, if he said the exact opposite, oh no, like do, do a $97 course, you know, one-on-one, would, would that have influenced your decision? So I was already leaning towards um, high touch, doing like kind of one-on-one consulting or some sort of service one-on-one. And yeah, if he would have said like, oh yeah, definitely do like, $97 course, you, know, you could scale that. You don't have to, you don't, you know, you could automate it. You don't have to be there. I would have probably went back home and like kind of thought about it for a while and been like, man, but he, um, was very adamant on, you know, if anybody, any, any information I put in a $97 course, you can find for free online. And what people want now is that one-on-one attention. They want like almost like a live coaching aspect. They don't want to just sit and scroll through videos and, you know, a library of videos that they paid money for because they can find it for free. Like they don't, they can find that. And yeah, it's like you're curating it for them and you're giving it to them in this convenient package. But if you look at the numbers, most people who buy courses don't even make it a third, past a third of the way through. They just stop, you know, they'll pay for a course and then they'll, they won't even go through it. Uh, so it's like, it's not selling information anymore. It's selling transformation. So you have to sort of kind of make that distinction when you want to sell something for high ticket, you're not just giving people information anymore. You have to give them results and that, and in a video course doesn't always give people results because there's no guarantee that they're going to go take action on that information. It's, it's like you have to, that high touch one-on-one, it has a lot of factors. It has accountability um, because you're sort of staying on top of them, making sure that they are doing what you're saying. Uh, it also, <clears throat> it also has that sort of tailored approach because everybody's different. Like everybody, th- this person might have a different unique problem than, you know, somebody else. So, uh, I, I was kind of relieved that he sort of validated what was already in my head of, of doing that high touch one-on-one. And is, is your own personal work now, you know, your your Travis White Instagram and your work in the men's fashion world, 
I know you you do work with brands sometimes, so obviously it's, it's a revenue stream. But is that kind of like a business card for your high ticket coaching, sort of like so you can show people that you know what you're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and what I'm working on right now, so yeah. So I have, you know, my my Instagram stream like revenue stream, um, you know, where I work with sponsors and I'm and I'm putting building YouTube up. I'm also talking about fashion on YouTube as well. So that's kind of going to be like a combined like just build your brand and also dress well. And here's the latest on how to grow your personal brand on Instagram and also include fashion within that. And that sort of is like, I'm using myself as a case study when I, when I go to these businesses to say, I know what I'm talking about. I was able to build this, but what I'm really trying to do now is replicate it with other businesses. And so I can bring not just me as a case study, I can bring other people that I've helped grow um, and say like, look, I'm not, I haven't just done this for myself. I've done this for this person. I've done it for this person. Um, so I, right now I'm, I'm in the case study kind of beta process where I'm working with these closely with, with these businesses and, um, I'm building their, per, their, their business brand or their personal brand or whatever they hired me for and putting together case studies. So then I can take, take those case studies to, you know, maybe higher profile, you know, high like businesses with a ton of um, revenue, and I can charge more for my services. And I can say, look, th these are the results that I've gotten with these clients. Um, let me do this for you. So that's sort of my plan right now. Um, and I also, I'm still going to continue putting out content for free for for the consumer who wants to grow their brand and who wants to dress well. And, and so I'm sort of combining fashion in with branding. I feel like there's a kind of an organic partnership there, kind of between people who want to build their brands and also who want to dress well. <clears throat> I just feel like there's sort of an organic alliance that comes with that. Yeah, I think it, it can be tricky sometimes to combine like niches, you know, or interests, but there's definitely something in there. It's like if you're going to put a lot of effort into like wearing nice outfits, you're probably interested in taking photos of those outfits too, you know, or, or, or maybe even promoting yourself or presenting yourself well on the internet. And even if it's not like to become a quote unquote influencer, you know, people still want good pictures to use for dating websites or LinkedIn profile pictures or whatever, like whatever goal they're going after, they're going to need to know how to put together, how to sell themselves in some way, shape or form. So it is sort of, you know, a very organic segue from one to the other. And it's easy to talk about both topics. Mm. Hey, you definitely mastered uh, Instagram. How was the transition to video? Because that's that's a whole different animal in terms of production. Yeah. So I can't really say yet because I've I haven't I've been pretty inconsistent with my video just because, you know, launching my business, um, you know, keep continuing to run Instagram and sponsors. And um, I do have a couple copywriting clients that um, that I write copy for outside of that. So I've been, you know, I've been saying very, very busy. So filming, I've been able to get maybe like one video a week up lately. And I know that's not enough to like grow at the rate or the pace that I really would want to on YouTube. So YouTube is still kind of a baby that I'm trying to feed and, and figuring out how I can grow on YouTube. And, but I know a lot of the, you know, the algorithm, you know, working for Antonio for three years, I learned quite a bit about the YouTube algorithm and how YouTube works. So it, it is something that I need to still put to the test and optimize a lot of my uh, videos. But yeah, I mean, it's it's doing okay so far, but I need I do need to give it a little more TLC 
just so I can really I give you a better answer, you know, maybe in a six months or so. Are you looking at the YouTube channel to feed the B&B business? Like what's your strategy there? So YouTube is really going to be to um, grow like the, the fashion side of my business and continue to get sponsors from like, – because I've already kind of built up an audience on Instagram of people interested in fashion and photography and content creation. So I'm going to continue that on YouTube. And my B2B business is just me uh, marketing myself to people within my network and people that I know and, and kind of word of mouth and referral-based for uh, for that business, but I think doing a B to C for YouTube and Instagram will be a little bit more beneficial in the long run because I can build a larger audience. There's more people interested in just sort of that general fashion tips and lifestyle tips and photography tips that I can bring on sponsors for that and have a bigger audience versus a tiny niche on YouTube of just teaching businesses how to grow. Um, you know, it's going to be a much smaller audience and, you know, I, I would rather do sort of like referral based, um, clients for that. Yeah. I mean, I think what you're doing on YouTube now, those, I mean, feeding into the free Instagram course, some of the stuff you're sharing on there is stuff that I don't really mm -hmm. find on other channels. And so that's why. I like yeah. It. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's, it's still B2C there. It's still, uh, you know, like I'm, I'm talking to individuals who want to grow their brand and I'm, and I have that free course for them and they can take all that information. It's really just like, I'm not even selling anything to those people. I'm really just sort of trying to just give as much value as I can, um, to the individual. And then where I, where I'll kind of make money and build businesses working directly with businesses. I just find that that is the better approach to take, um, long-term just, because I only need what, like two or three clients B2B to live very comfortably versus I would have to sell, you know, hundreds and or maybe even thousands of, you know, $97 courses to individuals to bring in revenue when in reality, they're probably buy the course and never go through it. So I might as well just give it away for free. And if they want to take action on that info, they can take action on it and, I can just then move and go work with work with other businesses and um, and bring in revenue that way. Totally, yeah. Well, that's great. I think everybody. I don't know anybody who listens to this podcast that wouldn't already be following Travis on Instagram. But you should definitely go make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get more more YouTube videos up and running and. Uh, I have some some ideas of you know the types of videos I want to create, but I need to just put more, a lot more time and effort into. Them. Cool. Well, that was great to do a little bit behind the scenes. Good luck on your uh, on Instagram and, and YouTube. We do have rapid fire questions. Are you up for some some quick ones? Yeah, definitely. All right. Oxfords or brogues? Oxfords. Morning shower or evening shower? Evening shower. Cardio or lifting? Lifting. Spring, summer, or fall, winter when it comes to style? Fall, winter. Your favorite Bond actor? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, I would probably say... Whew. Yeah, that dang. I don't even... I don't know. 
Well, today's the big day of Bond 25 news, so you can just say Daniel Craig. Yeah. Well, but see, Daniel Craig wasn't wasn't my favorite Bond actor. Uh-huh. I, I I grew up with Pierce Brosnan, but I watched all of the older ones with like Roger Moore and who's um what's his name? Um, Sean Connery. Sean, Sean Connery. Yeah, and I and I really like those portrayals as well. Um, I thought I thought Daniel Craig did a decent job, but uh, yeah, I just I grew up with Pierce Brosnan. Um, I I liked his his stuff, but he's the he's the millennial Bond. There's no problem with that. Yeah, he's yeah, he, he's the he is a millennial Bond, but uh, I do appreciate the older ones as well. That's good. I think we all do. Okay, loafers or sneakers? Who? Probably like leather sneakers, not not like. Uh, you know, like easy, like a nice minimalist. Yeah, like a nice minimalist leather sneaker. I would wear over loafers any day. Okay. Yeah. And if you're getting into the shower, like, and you're pumping yourself up, what song are you listening to? I'm pumping myself up. Is that what you said? Yeah. Uh, what song am I listening to? Or maybe it's just Gary V. <laughs> yeah. Um, I put on a lot of like, uh. So there's uh, a hip-hop artist out of Houston who has recently blown up. He's just, he's become almost, he's changing the hip-hop game almost. Uh, and I've, I've been friends with him for, for a long, long time before he, uh, before he started blowing up. But I love his music. His name's Toby Nwigwe. It's a Nigerian name. But I, I, put, I put his music on all the time because... It's like conscious rap. It's actually, it's not mumble rap. It's not, um, you know, it has a message behind it. It has a meaning and it, and his, his, his hip hop kind of mission statement is make purpose popular. And that's really what he wants to kind of the message he wants to get out to the masses. And, uh, yeah, I really like his music a lot. So I would, you know, I don't know how many people on this podcast would have heard of him, but yeah, his name's Toby Nwigwe. Can you spell the last name? N W I G W E. Okay, good. Cause I, I got to make sure I catch it on Spotify. Yeah. All right. Well, you survived the rapid fire questions. Not too, not too bad. Uh, so then, you know, we know everything you've you've been working on here. Like, what is the most thing you're most excited for in the next like twelve months? So, I would say what I'm most excited about is putting a lot more time and energy into my YouTube channel. I really want to bring kind of some new fresh um, stuff, video creation to, you know, the, the fashion style and also photography industry. I think there's a lot of, um, you know, outside of the stand, you know, the just talking about it. I mean, I like what you do, John. You do a lot of, um, you know, like lookbooks and like cinematic style. I really like that that type of content creation and production. And Brock, I've seen you do a lot of that as well. And I think it's just for kind of different and refreshing and so that's kind of the direction that i want to take my channel as well i'm really excited to kind of create videos like that cool well the way that you present yourself on instagram it'd be cool to see that in a in a more cinematic way so i look forward to that thanks maybe maybe you can get some traction on igtv i feel like it's such a hit or miss type of place yeah um I want to experiment quite a bit more with it. And I think once I get some consistent videos, um, I can, you know, optimize one for IGTV, one for YouTube, and just kind of test it out and see which ones perform better. 
yeah, it's kind of interesting how th- these different platforms, like you really, I mean, most people are just repurposing content for various platforms. That's why you see a lot of like YouTube videos repurposed for IGTV, but the best IGTV content, the best Instagram content is made specifically for that platform, you know, which is obviously really hard to do as like a solo creative or like a small company um, to produce all that different content. So, um, but yeah, you know, it might be worth it. I mean, if you already have a big following on Instagram, especially, and know your way around a camera, IGTV could be interesting. Yeah, yeah. And um, as John knows, my wife is a great video editor, so I can definitely utilize her skills to help me out with um, kind of optimizing for two different platforms and and um, and getting that up and running. It's a true powerhouse over there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, we'll have to have you uh, back on the show in uh, six months or so and and get an update. But yeah, thanks for joining us here again. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to talk with you guys. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Buttoned Up Podcast, a collaboration between John Shanahan of The Cavalier and Brock McGough of Modest Man. And we'll see you next week.